0: You're listening to the Harvest Christian Fellowship Weekend Message Podcast. To learn more about our community, like what we believe, and how you can take a next step, visit us online at hcfcornwall.ca or join us for one of our services this weekend, Sunday mornings at nine fifteen or 11, here at 847 York Street. Morning harvest. Wow, did I ever enjoy worshiping this morning as we were singing Waymaker, Miracle Worker. I'm so glad that COVID-19 can't stop the Waymaker and can't stop the miracles. This is part three today of Standing Firm on Shaky Ground. And uh, let's look at our verse that Jesus shares with us from Luke chapter 6, 47. I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me. Remember, to come to Jesus is to open your heart listens to my teaching, put the teaching into your heart. So open heart, into your heart, and then follows me. Uh, And that's really to do the Word of God. And what we're talking about is confessing, speaking out, holding on to our confession of faith. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on a solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it stands firm Because it's well built. We're in the when time. This is not if, this is when. And many of us are feeling the shaking ground underneath us, the uncertainty of the future, the uncertainty of the now, the uncertainty of just our lives being out of control and not knowing how to bring them in control. So we want to know what it's like to stand firm on shaky ground. We talked last week about holding to our confession of faith, and to hold means to understand you can release a confession of faith, and I hope that you took the time this week and went over those verses Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and began to learn how to confess the Word of God, and you begin to sense the authority, and that's holding fast to your confession. You're actually sensing faith rise in your heart and the authority of God's Word, Well, we're in Psalm 27, and David makes seven unshakable statements, and I want you to know them. I want to practice them in my life. Last week, we declared that I will live strong. and Now, don't forget that declaration. Now, we're going to add to it, and this isn't a once-done. This is a way of living as we understand God's Word in our heart, coming out of our heart, and confessing as we stand firm on shaky ground. Well, here we are in Psalm 27. We're going to continue now in our next section. The one thing, one thing, just one thing I ask of you. Have you ever, has anybody ever said it to you? I just ask you one thing. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek the most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And while I'm there, I'm delighting in the Lord's perfections. He's perfect. We meditate on him. We think about what he's like and uh, who he is to us as we meditate in the temple. It's just another way of saying the house of God. For he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Let's just pray this morning. Father, every home, every living room, every device, I just pray that your Holy Spirit be moving now through the power of the Word of God that is sharper than two, a two-edged sword. Help us now as we put into our heart, Lord, these truths in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Everybody's texting, <laughs> amen. Hey, by the way, I just love the amount of participation that's happening uh, in our chat room. It makes it so much fun to see people's names and see the comments and uh, it, it just just keep that up. That, that's just Really adds to the experience of our virtual church service. Our confession this week, remember last week, I will live strong. This week's confession is, I will love God's house. And you're going to understand this as we work our way through it, why this is such an important confession to stand on on shaking ground. David says, The one thing I ask, the thing that I seek the most, is to live in God's house. In the Old Testament, There was an emphasis and really an importance that we see all the way through, beginning in Genesis, of building God's temple or God's house. Now, when you think about it, wouldn't God need like a really big house? Since God can't fit into any container, the whole universe fits inside God. And so, what kind of house could God live in? In fact, he asks us that question in Isaiah 66 verse 1. This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne, so God says, here I am in heaven, and earth is my footstool. So when I'm sitting in my lazy boy in heaven, my feet rest all the way to planet earth, and I can put my feet on them, that's my footstool. And it's an analogy of just how big is God, he's so big. Could you build me a temple? Could you build me a house that would, you know, fit me? No. And so, as we're going to be talking about God's house and the building of God's house, it's nothing that we do or that we build. But we are going to see it's something that we cooperate with that God is building. Could you build me such a resting place? Rhetorical question. There's nothing that we can do with our hands that God could fit in. But we are to partner with God in the building of his house. This very important theme that we find throughout the scriptures. We're going to look at Genesis chapter 28 and uh, Jacob has a dream, and in this dream, there's a ladder that reaches from where he is on the earth all the way to heaven. And uh, as, he, as he's in this dream, God begins to speak to Jacob, and he tells Jacob the very same thing that he told Father Abraham, Jacob's grandfather, um, and uh, that we understand as the Abrahamic promise. And this is what he says, your descendants, as he's in the dream... He sees this ladder. Angels are moving up and down on the ladder, this connection point between heaven and earth. And God proclaims your descendants, your family, will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. (laughs) Big family. That's a big family. You can't count them. So big, you can't count them. And, the, and this family has such vitality and such life that it's spreading out. It's growing. It's going in all directions, all over the world, to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south. What a promise that there would be a family that is vibrant, it is alive, it's growing, and it's strong. And then it goes on to say that all the rest of the families of the earth would be blessed uh, by this family that God began through Abraham. And so there is this Abrahamic family. Now as we understand this, this is not talking about an ethnic family. This is not even talking about a Jewish family. But Abraham, as we understand from the scripture, is the fam, is the father of faith. Look at, look at this scripture from Galatians. You are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And by the way, that latter. The connection point between heaven and earth and how do we find eternal life how do we find heaven and heaven's life through Jesus and in John uh, chapter in John chapter 1 verse 51 uh, Jesus actually drops this hint as he's talking to his disciples and goes oh by the way I'm a ladder that reaches from heaven to earth I'm the ladder that Jacob dreamt about. And so Jesus is the fulfillment of the connection between heaven and earth. There is no way to get to the Father. There is no way to have a relationship with Father God except through Jesus. And so the ladder in the dream... So cool, all the way back in Genesis, he's actually speaking about Jesus, and Jesus tells us about that. So you're all children of God. God's our Father. We have relationship with God. We're in the family of God because of our faith in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. It goes all the way back to God's plan of having a family. Adam and Eve in the garden was God's original plan that he would be father of the nations, that uh, he would be the father of his children, Adam and Eve. But as we know, Adam and Eve turned their back and turned away from God. And sin entered and didn't foil the plan of God. But God had a plan all along that he still would be a father. That he would have children. That he would have, now listen, a house. A house where there would be a father and there would be the context of family. And we're going to see today that the house of God is the church today, the local church, where we live in God's presence and we live as family and now, and now you belong to Christ. You are true children of Abraham. Connects it back to the promise to Abraham, to Jacob. You are heirs of God's promise to Abraham and it belongs to you. It belongs to you. Now, let's go back to Jacob. He's hearing this, not knowing what we know today. We look back having this full revelation But he did have a revelation. He did have an understanding because he woke up from the dream and this is what he said. Surely the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't even aware of it. He begins to understand God's presence. God is my father. Even as he promised to my grandfather Abraham, he's now promising to me. And I didn't quite understand this, but I understand it now. This is none other than the house of God. He equates God's presence in his life, God fathering him in this relationship as being the house of God, the context of family, the context of God's presence, the context of relationship with God. But then as he has that revelation, I want you to follow this. This is really interesting. So remember, a growing family, a family that's going to have impact worldwide, it's living in a house, God's house is here. And then he makes this connection. He takes a stone. He says this. The next morning, he got up very early after he dreamt this. He took the stone that he had rested his head against. He poured olive oil over it, and he named the place Bethel, which is translated in our language, it means the house of God. Now You've got to see this. Anointing. With oil in the Old Testament is a picture in the New Testament of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The life of Messiah Jesus coming into our hearts. And when that begins to happen, look what, look what's, what's happening here stones that are dead, he's prophesying and saying stones will be made alive. When God is the Father, when we're in the house of God, stones will be made alive. Stones are building materials. Watch this, watch this, watch this in the New Testament. Watch how it all comes together. And now you have become living building stones for God's use in building his house and so we see now the full understanding that Jacob could just see kind of fuzzy but we see so clearly today today we're going to find out that we can stand firm as we confess we love the house of God we love what God is building we love that God is our father we love that we live in a family context we love the house of God where living stones are being made you and I We were dead. We were dead in our sin, the Bible says. But God said, I can use you. I can take your life and put the anointing, put the Spirit of God on your life. And you can become a living stone that will cause there to be, listen now, a family on the earth, a family in Cornwall, a family in this region, a family that can't be stopped, a family that goes to the north and the south and the east and the west, a family that just keeps growing because dead stones are becoming living stones because they find out they belong in the house of God. As we take our place in the house of God through these uncertain times, that's why we're opening up space every way we can to keep us together, to keep us understanding these truths. It is so powerful today. This plan includes you. It includes me. It's God's eternal plan. It's the plan that he had from the very beginning to have a house. To have a house where his family could live. A place this side of heaven where God's presence could be felt and known. A plan that includes us to reach uh, the regions and reach our nation and reach the world if we'll have faith for that. Something powerful, expansive, and growing in the earth. Jesus said uh, to Peter that he was a stone. That Peter was a stone. He said, upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell shall not prevail against it. Think about it. The church will never be stopped. There have been attempts all through history to stop the building of God's house. Throughout the Old Testament, there were physical attacks on the physical building of God's house, and if you read about them, every time they overcame. And now, as we're living in these times, there is nothing more certain Than the house of God. There is nothing more certain than God's plan A for the church. Did you know that the church is God's plan A for the world and there is no plan B? You say, Pastor Roy, how do you know that? Because it says here in Ephesians, this was that he's speaking about the church. The local church, not the church universal. A lot of people say, Oh, that's the church all over the world. Well, yes, it is. But it also the emphasis is every local church where God births his life and a people that are building in their region. This was his eternal plan. Not God's temporal plan. Not God's temporary plan. Not God's just plan until some moment. In time. No, no. His eternal plan. It's always been in the heart of God. You have always been in the heart of God, which he carried out through Jesus our Lord. Think about it. The church is a big deal to god (laughs) the local church is god's plan as i said it's his eternal plan how do i stand firm on shaky ground well like david you make a declaration you make a decision i will love what god loves i will be a part of what god is a part of i will be a part of something bigger than myself i will love the house of god you know I'd like to just kind of mention here some of you have asked, why aren't our services in a format where they could be on demand, where we could just kind of, you know, just grab them whenever we want to? This truth is so important to us. The gathering of God's people is so important. We value this so much. That we've kind of funneled, funneled on Sunday mornings that even through the media that we would gather together just the way we were before in two services. Now that doesn't mean we won't change and put our service on demand in the future. But for right now, it's to create an atmosphere and to create an understanding that we're gathering We all gather together and it's so cool that as the chat room just starts to fill up and I just love you all so very much and I miss you and I can't look out and see you and know what's going on in your life, but I know that I know that the church can't be stopped. I know the house of God is eternal. I know that we can stand firm right now as we join together knowing we are together the house of God. He is our Father. We are brothers and sisters. We are a part of an unstoppable family that's moving to the north, the south, the east, and the west. Now, there's some uh, additional materials this week, just like last week, and you don't have to you know, move through all of it and, and read it all, but it's there if you're a studier, and I hope you are, There's some practical points there. How can you practically make God's house a priority in your life? And I list a bunch of things there and a lot of Scripture. And really, you can dig into this whole truth that we believe so strongly at Harvest, that we love God's house, that God's building an eternal house. But I want to just point out some things this morning before we close this service of, of the benefits of loving God's house, of standing firm on shaky ground. When you love God's house, number one, you, uh, you, you, be, you begin to understand that God's house is my, you put your name in there, is Roy's dwelling place. It's your dwelling place. David said one thing. I just want one thing, to dwell, to live, to find my life in the house of god now 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 you have to really kind of think this through so at home right now we we really know that we're at home because we're isolated to our homes Lowe's has a commercial that I really like. It says that you know all these years and through renovations and you you buy stuff at Lowe's to fix your house, you've been taking care of your house. Now let your house take care of you. I thought it was a brilliant marketing scheme and the understanding that we're being taken care of in our physical homes. That as we dwell in the house of God, dwelling isn't visiting. I don't want you to be a visitor at the house of God. I don't want you to frequent the house of God. I want you to live in the house of God. And it's, a, it's a mentality, a philosophy, it's a shift in paradigm that we begin to go, you know what, being in the church, being in what God's building, being in my local church called Harvest and embracing it and going, I want to give my life to the house. Why? Because you will stand firm on shaky ground. The scriptures went on to say, as David said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dwell there. I'm going to dwell there. uh, As we're going to see, the second point comes out of this verse. For he will conceal me there when troubles come. There's the when again. (laughs) When the storm. When the troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. It's another word for the house of God. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Number two today, God's house is my hiding place in a time of trouble. Today is... You would consider Harvest Your Home Church, whether you sat in a chair or whether uh, we've had people make harvest their home church just in the last number of weeks, virtually, and that, just, that is amazing. We're, so, we're just so glad about that, and it's such a blessing to know that it, there are people that have received Jesus and, and come in and found out that they belong in the house of God, and God has called them during this time. So, whether it was from before or you're just recently, just since uh, the COVID time, uh, you can know that even by watching in your living room or wherever you are today, that God's house, that we're gathering here together as a people, it's a hiding place in a time of trouble. We're concealed there. That's really a word that we're hidden. We're, we're hidden, not in the physical building. We don't come and hide in a building, but we're concealed in our spiritual family. I want you to understand it this way. The Bible also speaks about the church using the analogy of sheep and that Jesus is our shepherd. And sheep understand the power of being in the herd. A wolf, a predator, will not attack a flock. They they just won't kind of pounce on a flock. It's impossible. They will try to get one of the sheep off by themselves and alone. And so sheep understand, if you watch them in the wild, they'll run or schools of fish will do the same thing. If you've seen uh, nature shows and a predator or a shark, let's say, comes in, the, the fish will school up very tightly. Why? Because they're actually hidden. The individual is hidden in the herd, in the school of fish. And, and you could think about it this way. I want you to think about it. In this time of trouble, the enemy will still try to attack. Well, we're part of a family. We're a part of something bigger than ourselves. Now look, this is why we're confessing, I belong to something bigger than myself. I love the house of God. Remember, it's not me and Jesus alone in the house. It's me and Jesus in the house, a part of this powerful family called his church. Oh, it might be powerful. It's not perfect, though. (laughs) We're, We're a dysfunctional family in the sense that we're still working things out relationally, of course. But there's a power together. And as we're together in our virtual small groups and asking prayer of one another, we're asking for support of one another, you're getting a part of the flock. Now, don't believe the lie of the enemy that you're alone right now and isolated and nobody knows. No, that's why it's important to be talking and get into that virtual small group. And here's why. The enemy is going to play Marco Polo with you. Now, listen, you're hidden in the house. That's what it says. You're concealed in the house. That means the enemy doesn't really know where you're at. The enemy doesn't really know what condition you're in right now. The enemy doesn't really know except by what you're speaking. You see, the enemy can't read your mind. Jesus knows our thoughts. He's everywhere at one time, and he lives in us, so he knows our inner thoughts and our heart. The enemy only knows how you're doing by listening to what you're confessing. Now, follow this. This is important. That's why last week, what's coming out of our mouth? He can gauge how you're doing, and he'll begin to attack. Marco! Polo! Remember playing that as a kid? Everybody close their eyes. I don't know where you are. How will I locate you? Marco! Polo! And by your voice, you've got to get this. You have got to get this. This is a powerful point. The enemy's listening to your confession and he's locating you and he's zeroing in and he wants to attack you and he wants to take you aside. How do I stay? I stay with my confession. No, I'm not alone. I'm not going to speak negative things. I'm going to pray positive things. I'm going to speak positive things. And if I'm not doing well, I'm going to speak it in the context of my brothers and sisters, those that are with me in the family of God. I'm not going to complain in a, in a, you know, out on social media for everybody to see and hear. No, you can complain. But in the place of safety with other people so they can pray for you, they can cover you, they can be there for you, Come on, this is important. When we're in the house of God, there is a place of protection and he will hide you in his sanctuary. He'll conceal you and he will hide you in his sanctuary. To hide you means, it's like putting you in a vault because you're super valuable (laughs) and God is storing up. That's a very important word in the Old Testament to mean to put in the vault, to hide in God's house. He's hiding you in the house. He's storing things up in the house for you so as we attend you can just be watching right now and you didn't know that you're a recipient of what's been stored out when you come to the house you go well it's boring pastor roy you went too long hey i know it, you know sometimes we just sit there and go i don't feel like i'm getting anything but you never underestimate what's happening spiritually when we're together remember in god's house in this powerful thing that god built i'm not building this You're not building this. We're cooperating with God by being a living stone and making sure we're a part of it. And when you're a part of it, He stores things up for you. And it's being downloaded in your spirit right now. How great! Is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. He's got goodness for you. He's got grace for you, just by listening right now, just by being a part with the family of God right now. And then it goes on, He lavishes it. Oh, I love that word. It's just so descriptive. lavishes it. He doesn't It's not a little portion. It's not, you know, rations. It's lavishing. Come on, somebody. You're getting lavished on right now, and you didn't even know it. It's happening just because you participated today. You lavish it on those who come to you for protection, blessing them uh, before the watching world. I believe that's where we're a blessing to all the families of the earth. That's where we're the blessing, where people go, what is it you have? We're able to say, I don't have it all together, but I have his goodness. I've got his goodness. Can I share his goodness with you? Can I tell you about God's goodness? I want you to become a living stone and become a part of what God's doing in in the world today. It's powerful. It's unstoppable. It's a place that doesn't shake. Why? Because even the gates of hell cannot stop what God's doing right now. They're going to say, I want some goodness too. Number three. God's house is a place of strength and of stability. He said, you will place me on a rock out of reach. You place me on a rock out of reach. It's up on a high place. What was happening was God was saying, David, I want you to see from a new perspective. I don't want you to see down. You've heard it. You know, you can't see the forest for the trees. Sometimes, and can I just say, these have been days and weeks for me that I've I've really been struggling personally. I appreciate you praying for me. I'm a part of the house. (laughs) I need your prayers. And getting perspective, because as a leader, perspective is very important. And I feel like I haven't had a lot of perspective. I don't know what church is going to look like in the days to come. And we'll share it with you as we know. But we're believing no matter what it looks like, it's unstoppable. It's, It's God's plan no matter what. But there are moments where God sets me up on a rock and allows me to see from a little higher perspective, a new perspective. I felt, I felt just like David when I tried to figure it out, and I have been, I got a splitting headache. <laughs> this week I had an opportunity to speak to a dear friend. And I said, could you just speak into my life right now? Because to be very honest, and I explained what I just explained to you i'm a leader and i'm a visionary and both i do not have right now it's very difficult i don't feel like i'm on that rock and they began to just speak into my life and to pray for me as they were doing that i could feel myself being lifted up and i began to see in the spirit now what do i mean by that just in my mind's eye just in my in my place where i commune with the lord inside i could just feel like jesus saying it's okay i will show you It's going to be all right. Don't sweat this. Stop having a splitting headache by trying to figure it out. I've already seen it. I've already been to your future. I've got this. And then it goes on, until I entered the sanctuary of God, until I entered the house of God, until I entered in with a brother or sister, until I came to that place, and then I saw the whole picture. You know, just you've had it happen perhaps, and I know I've had it happen. On a Sunday when we've gathered in church or even gathered this way, as something was being said by even the MC, something happened in worship as we were singing Waymaker, something just took place that got downloaded into my spirit or into your spirit where we went, you know what? I can't quite put it into words, but I see a picture differently than I did before. When everything is shaking around you, you can find strength in the house of God. Find other family members. Could, could you do this this week? Could you just connect with someone maybe even outside of your virtual small group? FaceTime with them. Send them a text. Ask the Lord to lay somebody into your life. About What I mean by that is just kind of, we say, lay it on your heart. What, what is that? That sounds weird, doesn't it? But just, you kind of sense the, you know what? I, I'm thinking about so-and-so right now. I don't often think about so-and-so. And that's a way that I believe God is saying, I want you to pray for so-and-so. Take it a step further and say, Lord, what verse could I send to them this this week. Let's really celebrate that we're a part of the house of God and it's powerful, it's unstoppable, it's unmovable. Hey, listen, listen. When everything else is shaking, I can tell you the house of God is in a good place. It's in an eternal place. God knows that plan. Just before we go today, I just bless you in a prayer that as we kind of say goodbye I'd like to ask you the question, do you, do you know that today God has a place for you in His house? I'm not talking about attending a church. Although we are talking about church today, but I hope you have heard by what I've said that it's not a physical building or a religious activity. It's an understanding of being a part of something so much bigger than ourselves. And it's relationally being connected to God as our Father and then relationally connected to a family. So many times at Harvest, as people discover that, they will say, I've never felt like I belonged before. Maybe you've never felt like you've belonged somewhere. Perhaps you felt like, I've never felt like I would belong in church. Today I want you to know, I'm not asking you to join a church. I'm asking you to join the family of God. I'm asking you to understand that God can be your Father. As you would... Just be listening to my words. If something's just happening inside you right now, like the Holy Spirit speaking to you, can I tell you what he's saying is, I don't want you to be hard like a stone. I don't want you to be in a position of not knowing the life that I have for you. God wants to put his life on you right now. A moment ago, I talked to you about the only way to father and having a relationship with him is through Jesus Christ. Jesus died on the cross for you and for, for me. The Bible says it's very simple. We just have to confess with our mouth that we understand that Jesus did it for us. If you would like to be a part of God's family, to have a relationship with Father God, I'd like to invite you to pray a very simple prayer right now. Just repeat after me this simple prayer. Dear Jesus, Thank you that you love me just the way I am. Thank you that from eternity past, a long time ago, you already knew that I would be. You saw me sitting right where I am today. And you knew that I would open my heart to you. And you couldn't wait to meet me. I ask you to come in my life now. Forgive my sin. I can't wait to start my new relationship with you. Amen. If you prayed that simple prayer, we believe you've been born again and that you are part of the family of God. Hey, would you just take one more step? There's a spot in one of the platforms that you're watching where you can just say, I just made the greatest decision ever. Can I just say this? Welcome to the family. I just want to pray and Uh, Bless you as you're watching right now, everyone that's watching. Father, thank you for the house of God. I just love harvest so very much. Lord, as I look back over 17 years of what you've accomplished, Lord, as we've seen, not what we've done, but Lord, what you've done and what we've cooperated as we've had faith to say, we're going north, we're going south. We're going east and we're going west. And like never before, we're believing that you're going to continue to do that. Lord, we need to be strong in our spirit. We need to be on on strong ground to know that. So this week, we confess. We love the house of God. We love that you are our Father and we love one another. Lord, let us sense the blessing of that now. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you. Have an amazing week.